Just heave it up on top there like a sack of grain. (laughs) A big bag of rice. Like Santa's sack, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like how Santa puts his ball sack on my desk. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think about this hat? Walk in just (laughs) any old day of the year. You're a nerd. (laughs) What are you going to do about it, a fucking Santa Claus? (laughs) (laughs) You're such a goddamn nerd. I hate you. You little cuck. I hate nerds. <laughs> and I hate nerds. Uh, <laughs> does that to the elves while they're working. <laughs> what, do you think about, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, God. That's really Louis C.K. Let me tell you about my family. And it sounds like that was that was the bell, everybody. We're back to Saturday morning Tuesdays. I'm your host, Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. And even though we just heard that school bell, guess Guess which three? Guess which three truants aren't going to class are gonna miss first period today? It's the it's the it's the crew over at Saturday Morning Tuesdays. These three rude dudes not gonna go to class right now. Man, if I was in class, how'd I be smoking all these little cigarillos? All these dubaroonies aren't gonna blow themselves. What do you think I'm doing? Like I can't I can't do both, so I gotta pick one. Teach. I'm, I'm incredibly cigars. nervous to be incredibly nervous to be missing school right now, but. <laughs> You guys yeah, are incredibly cool, <laughs> and I will do literally anything to myself or body in order to impress you. <laughs> yeah, we know that, and that's what we like about you. You're a pliable yeah. young freshman that's just gonna just gonna break his own back for our approval. You, yeah, you're not even you're not I'm even cool. gonna get mad at me when I blow those smoke rings right into your face, like pa 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 pa. No, oh, and sometimes oh, wow. you throw matches, lit matches, right at me. <laughs> yeah, where else am I gonna put to, them to dodge them? But I can't. <laughs> I'm bad at that. So I'm the cool smoking kid. What are you, Rory? Uh, you know what I am. I uh, I'm the one. I'm the one with nothing to lose. <laughs> oh, so you're like you're low key the leader of this little this little group. Do you yeah, not have I'm, a I'm cause? The pack, I'm, no, I'm just uh, I'm just the, <laughs> I'm just in charge of a pack of devils, and we're just ride or die. Devil Rory, most care. people have a cause. Are you saying no, you're some kind of person I'm, who doesn't have one? I'm a rebel without a cause. I'm the de- I'm the I'm the rudest dude of the bunch because I got no I got no reason I got nothing left I got nothing left but rudeness in me I'm but a, I'm but a, but an avatar made of this dude. <laughs> he's and a you man. You do have a Dodge Neon, so that's pretty great too. Uh, it's so messy, but we do not care because you are gonna drive us anywhere we're that gonna, we want to go. We're gonna go 45 miles an hour, and it's gonna rock. <laughs> we're gonna go con- convince 20 somethings to buy us beer in the middle of the day. It's going to be fucking incredible. And it's so much better than class. I hope they're at least 21. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on. Who, who, who do you think we are? You know who we are? We are uh, three podcast hosts who are going to do our new arc. Yeah, all right. You can take the fun all the way out of it. That's fine. <laughs> you fucking freshman. God damn it. Puh, puh. There's another one of these smoke rings. Puh, puh. <laughs> I just took a class in breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> and uh, we are watching two shows. Fillmore and X-Men Evolution, 
two 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 shows about kids in school apparently because none of them feature even a drop of classroom action none of these we don't even see them walk by a classroom yeah yeah not, I think not so much if you were if you were just to watch the two episodes we watched today i'm pretty sure that you would like if you're an alien you didn't know what school was I think that you'd get the idea that it's just sports team matches and standing at lockers. Scott uh, Summers could probably buy us alcohol by now. He's a <laughs> seventh year fresh. He's a seventh year senior. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops is just trawling for trawling for teens. He's, he's just trawling for teen booty. He's so, definitely twenty two at this point. <laughs> so I've got a question for you guys. Um, What's up? There are a thousand million TV shows, cartoons about school and about kids in school ostensibly Mm -hmm. why did we pick these two because i don't shut up (laughs) freshman (laughs) no no i I, sorry i i this is all coming this is this is andy i'm back to real life i i'm i'm not i'm not actually mean it's just i never got to be a bully when i was in school and this is really this is really fun i mean part part of it is the pairing right like like the literal the in the literal sense they both take the framework of being a school-based show and kind of go an incredibly different direction with it yeah, whether right. that's be X Men or be um, CSI, <laughs> be, be in China, be cop. from the movie, yeah. be from the movie Chinatown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, th- I think that so I never watched Fillmore when I was a kid. Uh, no. I did not even know it existed, and yeah, it was on the Disney Channel, did. right? And that was on cable. No, was those it was rich... actually on ABC. Oh, then was... we have to cut this. Oh, it was an ABC when they were kind of the abc disney thing huh? it was the last yeah. cartoon they yeah. did for abc animation okay. or disney and then they, for ABC. i think i think they scooped it up and they put it on disney channel maybe for second season ah. or just like instantly for syndication and then it was they, they rerun it on disney xd sometimes but uh it's more of a cult hit like i think i don't know if disney just didn't do a good job promoting it or what but i would have loved this show if i'd even gotten a few seconds of it in my eyeballs as a kid I would yeah, have it was great. About it. I'm excited to about check it. out Fillmore. But the behind the scenes reason is just that we wanted to watch Fillmore and then kind of reverse engineered what we wanted to watch with it. Yeah, very true. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I did watch X Men Evolution when I was a kid. How did oh, you yeah. guys? Yeah. yeah I Rory did because Rory's deep in that X Men lore. He uh he lives it. He breathes it. Yeah, we might have to do like a Talking Dead like second podcast where I just talk about X Men <laughs> in relation listen, to X Men Evolution, and, we, and, and you can and you hear guys us have to nod. listen to me. <laughs> we just go, uh huh, uh huh. Tell me more about about Kitty Pride. I, I just had to name <laughs> a mutant. I couldn't. Uh, you did name a one that's on the show, although she hasn't appeared yet. That's true. Uh, not yet. A lot of them haven't appeared yet. Um, yeah, we we'll get into that when we start. Talking we will about get it, into but... it, and I think it'll be worth. Having some kind of discussion about it, we don't, regardless of how much of it we decide to cut. <laughs> yeah. Kind of get into the back end of what's going on with X-Men Evolution. Could be neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also, we don't have a title yet for our arc. Uh, That's I think true. we are still working on that. Uh, but, you know, you can get the general school theme. And, so uh, look, maybe at, we'll look have at the title of this there. podcast right now. Pull up your app or whatever and look at what we've titled this arc. And... You know, and know that, that took over. us like two weeks to think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Best possible future. It's really cool and clever. And you go, oh, nice. And very likely you're just like, whoa, school shows arc. Neat. <laughs> cool school. Now, Austin is really big. He's, he's got really a backdoor pile he's trying to shove down our throat. <laughs> cool school's not going to work. Uh, I, well, well, it did, actually. 
It turns out it did. <laughs> turns out it made it into the episode somehow because that's <laughs> great. That's it. great. Because <laughs> he fucking said I've, it. I've made it into reality. Uh, yeah, I think we should. I think we should start talking about it. New arc, new us, and we are let's, never going to class again. Let's school right in. Fillmore, I'm on it. I just got a call from my stupid dad. Apparently the school called him and told him I wasn't in class. And I was like, shut up, dad. I'm so glad that you have you guys to just be in this gross I'm car 18, with. I'm 18. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I, that's what I told him. That's what I told him. You guys know that because you were 18, in the car I'm, while I'm, I had the phone call. I'm going to college when I'm 18. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, not if you hang out with us for too long. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure you see the error of your ways there. Yeah, so we're doing Fillmore. This is this is this is the segment where we talk about Fillmore. Fillmore episode one. This episode was called Tomar a Stall. And I have a blurb for you. That might not make much sense because we haven't told you about the show yet. But it wasn't called like Maras Marastalgo. <laughs> we're not yeah. making Maralago jokes right at the top of the segment. We, they never say the words <laughs> Marastall in the episode. So if we want No, they don't. If we wanna if we wanna take shots at at those clowns and at those clowns, clowns in government. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, X Middle School's bathroom renovation project teeters on the brink of disaster as the new tagger Stainless strikes at will. Out of Leeds, Fillmore and Ingrid turn to Randall Julian, another tagger called Flava Seva, currently in solitary detention. His help puts them back on the trail, but Randall escapes, forcing Fillmore and Ingrid to catch both Stainless and Flava Seva before they strike again. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. This one was this, cool. I dug it. Yeah. This was a ton of fun. Um, um, oh, we got to talk about let, the show. We got to talk yeah, about what this show even is. Yeah. What's happening it, here? It's uh, it's if you've seen if you've seen uh, Assassination of a High School Principal or Brick, it. Puts, it puts the Harbaugh Detective story in the framework of, a you know, children in school mm-hmm. uh, and, and plays there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I to me, it actually it feels a lot more law and order. Um, well, yeah. So what I was about to say was this episode did something cool that um, I've seen now two episodes of Fillmore um, and we can talk about why that is um, <laughs> in a second. It's because Rory uh, doesn't it's, follow the rules. Well, no, a, because the because you know it, it was it was difficult discerning what the true first episode of the show was, right? So, yeah. so mm-hmm. that is why. But but what I was going to say was in that one, it felt a lot more like just a classic send up to old pulp noir movies, mm-hmm. and this one was kind of cool because it recontextualized a uh, a murder into like into the into a school. Uh, I mean, a murder mystery. You yeah. know, it felt like Silence of the Lambs made into kids like a kid's noir i don't know yeah i don't know how to describe it that's what they did that's the plot of the episode but um (laughs) yeah they did do silence of the lambs in a middle school but what i meant was um you know just doing straight up noir is a little less new and this felt more new this felt fresher than Mm -hmm. the one than the other episode i watched yeah yeah definitely also it didn't hang on jargon nearly as hard this one was a lot more watchable by the second season 
it's it gets a little bit Kim possibly. <laughs> mm. uh, so Fillmore came out in 2002. It is uh, on paper, like Rory said, it's very much like a, a, a crime procedural. So they they read they they interpret all of the normal crime procedural tropes into the also existing like school tropes. And so we get things like the principal of the school is kind of like a DA or a mayor type figure would be in these shows. And, yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Analogs all the way down. Uh, and the main characters, Fillmore and Ingrid, work for essentially the the safety squad, which I guess is like a club, but it takes well, them out of class. Patrol. Like safety patrol, it, you know, is typically you've, you've, they've got the, the crossing the guards. Yeah, crossing guards, <laughs> yeah. like people outside, and it's just safety patrol, like hall monitors kind of situation. Um, but no, but they are Fillmore now like a full on detective. detective agency. I never yeah. went to a school with like. Where the kids have to be the narcs. Did anybody else go to a school with <laughs> yeah. with uh, hall monitors? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, Austin did. we just had safety patrol kids. But they have to like narc. Like at the crosswalks. Uh, I didn't. But there was a there was a period of my life where I was in middle school, a part of a like conflict resolution thing. Where, like, but they were got you kid- a narc? Is all- <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't a narc. No, I was not a narc. Though at one point I did have to mediate between two kids who were fighting over drugs, and then I was like, "I need a teacher," and oh, uh, so that was that was kind of fun. But um, but yeah, it's a crazy it's a crazy concept, and actually pretty like sophisticated i guess absolutely if there's if there's any reason i might be able to point to why this didn't do so well is because maybe it was actually like a little too smart for kids yeah it's a little too smart for kids and uh yeah so right right from the beginning of this episode i was really sold on the tone of the show like within seconds it was it was clear like what they were going for and i love a really confident tone and a really like strong writerly hand um Mm -hmm. because we have like a really exciting dynamic intro um yeah and the song you know it's like cool uh instrumental stuff like you know action very action driven yeah i like poses. i like intros like this where it's like kind of like a fake inter interdiegetic or in yeah uh intro so it introduces the characters not the actors yeah right yeah, because it's like it's well, not unlike what X-Men and X-Men Evolution do, where like right. they've got little character inter- thing. introductions with it says like Storm and all that other stuff. You know, like we get those in mm-hmm. these, but we uh, just for the three main characters, though. Right. So we've yeah. got uh, Fillmore, Ingrid and then uh, Vallejo. What's his first name? Uh, uh, I can't remember, but he's junior commissioner. Vallejo is how he's presented. <laughs> Which is so great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is like Horatio Sands. Yeah. Sand. So, yeah, the character's first name uh, is yes. Horatio, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of like the, you know, getting too old for this shit sort of, uh, you know, he, run, he runs the, the safety patrol. Yeah, and he's the crusty, the crusty, irascible. <laughs> uh, he's a chief of police, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so the the episode, what it, the, I think that so if we're gonna spend a few weeks talking about Fillmore, we maybe need to lay some ground rules. It's clearly gonna have a lot of details in terms of like giving us clues and stuff, and I don't think yeah, we necessarily it's need. It's very to... plotty, and um, most of it will be, um, yeah, we'll we'll be kind of we, yeah we can't do the play by play of of how they solved the crime. Yeah, but we can we can talk about some of our some of our favorite stuff. But I think mm-hmm. generally what's happening like we. We jump in on this episode, and first of all, we get an announcer, and the announcer is uh, 
you know, the, the, the legend Don LaFontaine, the in a world guy who did all those movie trailers. It's the same guy doing this like, like, uh, you know, act one flushed innocence or whatever it is. I don't know if he says it, but like he, he gets yeah, a little, we get a little uh, intro. Yeah. He says, and he, then, he says those. Yeah. And then, and we jump in and we, we meet, we we're introduced to the president of the ex middle school bathroom steering committee. <laughs> this girl <laughs> named Robert hilarious. Spencer. I love this. And, and if we're talking about. It's a really about great. It's a great opening. Setting scene. a tone. Setting a tone. Uh-huh. And you have what, what's honestly a really great uh, comedy concept to me, which is like normally like piss boring adult stuff, but framed as kid stuff. Yeah. And having having children care a lot about having steering <laughs> committees is to me like a not only is it a ribbon cutting ceremony on a bathroom, but. You know, like a child who is on a middle school steering committee is is really funny. To me. <laughs> it's so it, good. It shows she has so much of her self worth is... wrapped up in these bathroom stalls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We knew that it was gonna. You know, the, the, it was not a reveal that something had happened to the toilets, but it was. It, it was cool to see. I don't know the like the the tags covered in you know red marker and red ink. It was uh, evocative of. Yeah, of the tone they're trying to set. Yeah, also, it, does, it does the bloody crime scene without it being yeah. a bloody crime scene. Yeah, exactly. it's perfect. Yeah, in the way like American Vandal sort of did the same thing too, mm-hmm. with like spray painted dicks in a school. Um, yeah, and people sort of having the horror of discovery and everything is. Um, but but we also I want to I want to actually play this clip. Is um, <laughs> this this opening monologue from the uh, what's her name uh, Robin Spencer? Yeah, uh, who's Mae Whitman from Avatar and Arrested Development. Um, yep. She uh, she drops a shit joke like with. Oh, it's so good. Not even not even uh, doesn't even flinch. Like they just kind of run right over it. Like by the time an ex middle school student graduates, he or she will use the school bathroom facilities an average of four hundred and thirty two times. And with the addition of a self-serve taco buffet in the cafetorium, our studies indicate that we may see that number increase by as much as 12% over the next two years. And just very, like, casually drops, you know, yeah. a shit joke that I think most people won't even notice. Exactly. Uh, as soon as I heard that, I, I literally, like, this is such a trite note to, to take, but I really wrote, this show is already very smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a minute in, I was like, okay. I was really jazzed. I was so this got me so jazzed. I did not know what to expect walking in. I, I didn't know how like how young it was going to target or what. It was it's awesome. This show's yeah. so much fun. Um, yeah, really fucking smartly written. Uh, and, and so very, uh, they've, yeah, got a, they've got a pretty a pretty a normal pitter patter repartee between the two the two uh, mains, Fillmore and Ingrid. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both fun. Uh, yeah, they're both cool. Uh, yeah, I Fillmore, like seeing... I, we haven't mentioned yet. Fillmore is is a is a black kid, and yeah. he he has kind of like uh, we don't we don't ever see his eyeballs. He has glasses, and his glasses are just it's constantly you know reflecting light. So he just has these like like flat white glasses eyes, and it kind of gives him a really sick vibe. He's so yeah. cool looking. Yeah, he looks he's... like he looks like he's out of Sin City. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Elijah Wood, like Elijah Wood from Sin City, but not not terrifying. <laughs> And uh, yeah. Ingrid's Ingrid's this uh, sort of sassy goth girl, and yeah. they they sat in this self crime together. It's well, so and great. Her, she's called Ingrid Third, 
which is just unique and cool. It's not Ingrid the Third, but right. it could be. I don't know. It's it's just I'm I'm intrigued by these characters, Cornelius Fillmore and Ingrid Third. You know, it's just really good names. There there's stuff that is you know, it feels like so much consideration was given to who these characters are and, and like actually giving them weight and unique attributes and not just they're not just stand ins for you know, NCIS characters or whatever, yeah. you know, like they, they are actually, you know, their own characters that can hold a show and not just be a parody of something we've seen already. Yeah. Uh, really early on, as soon as, as soon as the crime is discovered, we get, uh, you know, another one of these really great tropes where it's like, we cut a little time has passed. The crime scene investigation is happening. We see, uh, there's a crime scene photographer, a crime scene investigator, there's the there's Horatio Vallejo shows up mm-hmm. and then there's there's just randos that are walking around and it gives a, it gives a nice feel, you know, like like it's again, really evocative of those crime shows where we we come back in. One thing that that also really sells the vibe is uh, they have some of the investigators are doing like swabs and getting like samples <laughs> of the graffiti, like carving it, you know, scraping it off and noticing the, like the trajectory of the, you yeah. know, of the ink, you know, like this. You know, they're doing blood spatter analysis, you know, with with Mm -hmm. uh, a permanent marker. Uh, (laughs) It's 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 great. It's so much fun. Uh, And so they're they're, the the major the major fun part of the episode for me is that they they decide pretty quickly that there's no like damning clues anywhere. Like they're all too vague to point fingers any direction. Uh, And so Fillmore's idea is that he's going to go talk to the school's most famous vandal this kid named randall julian he's on permanent detention yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite scene in the whole show so far i mean we've watched one episode the whole episode my favorite scene is when they go up and there's a teacher sitting outside this like solitary room where they're keeping randall and the teacher makes them check in all of their writing instruments before going in like Mm -hmm. what (laughs) Like, it's so good. And he lists all these different things like, you know, like airbrushes, pens, permanent markers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's a really it's a really well, good moment. And if you'll remember, I think it's from Sounds of the Lambs. It might have been from from Manhunter, the 86 one. Uh, Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter kills a guy with a pencil or a pen. Right. Sounds oh. of the Lambs. He kills the guy with the pen. I think that's how he gets away at the end. Right. That's right. So, yeah. And they do a bit where it's like. He shows him a picture and it's like, this is what Randall did with just a miniature golf pencil. He did this <laughs> to the East Wall. And they and they, we don't get to see the picture, but they're like, oh, no. fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, great. Well, and, and the, the, the fun button on it is that, like, at the end of his list of all the things they can't bring in, he looks straight at Ingrid and goes eyeliner, lipstick, mascara. And Fillmore's like, hey, you know, me neither. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah maybe he's this. got eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't see those eyes underneath. No, you don't know. You think he makes some pop? <laughs> I bet he does. I bet he fucking. I bet he does it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And then we have this really great reveal of the character, and, and you know, you know, Hannibal, Cannibal, Randall the Vandal, obviously. Yeah. The, I know the rhyming convention that's following there, but it has like a, a metal grate that opens up and they, you know, <laughs> they walk in and talk to him in an orange, orange jumpsuit. And he's, you know, ah, hello there. You know, this has this, you know, um, and, now, and I think I know, as you guys pointed out earlier, before we started recording, he's the only one we actually see attending a class, but he's doing it remotely over <laughs> TVs. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's well, he's he's getting his classes through video monitors and watch. You know, that's how he's kind of still at school and not <laughs> literally being a prisoner. You know, with the school system. But the you know the the way that they take something so benign very seriously is is funny. It's it's also really evocative of how they do things in South Park. Um, yeah, sure. It, there was a sim- very similar South Park episode where they did this kid Silence of the Lambs kind of thing uh, for TPing houses. Mm. Um, and it, it, it follows kind of a, a similar thing. Um, but the, the fact they did this for actually a kid show and, and found the same humor is really impressive. Uh, we talked about at the beginning how it opens on uh, the narrator saying act one, and we do have that sort of same Ira Glass <laughs> announcing the act of each episode, <laughs> but it does, it does cap. I mean, each, each, you come back from a, from a um, episode break strongly. You, yeah. or an episode, yeah, an episode meal. break. Yeah. You've had a whole meal. Yeah, and and I think that's a really interesting thing to note is that most cartoons... Even still, instead like, of rewinding the clock and kind of like yeah. telling you the last hey. 30 seconds again, instead, they make you, you know, excited for what's about to come up. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's so much more so much more interesting rather than, like you said, like just doing a repeat like and some shows even like re-record those like it's like a new take. Oh, of yeah. The they'll, yeah they'll, play, they'll play. They'll play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like what the, they'll play B roll so... of of the dialogue or, <laughs> or like they'll, somebody they'll will just it. overly explain the conversation <laughs> the conversation mid conversation. So as yeah. I was saying ten seconds ago, <laughs> but it's great, you know. And in, in in lieu of like an eye catch from anime or like in you know like any of the other stuff we were talking about, in lieu of any of those, like just being like, no, Act Two. Here's a fun snazzy title for Act Two, and we're moving on. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Uh, we should probably cover a little bit of the investigation that happens here. Yeah. Sure. Um, so we have our, our this this girl, Robin Spencer, who who was the head of the steering committee. And it's sort of the bathrooms were her project. And she drops a hint here uh, where they're talking to her about any sort of, you know, rivalries or any sort of people with vengeance um, that she wanted brushed steel for all of the bathrooms. She wanted brushed steel, which couldn't you know, couldn't get vandalized and they, they ignored her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this, this is definitely a very, you know, red flaggy hint uh, for, I think, you know, anybody who's watching and, and sort of picking up on, you know, who's ever watched a procedural. Yeah. Knows that this kind of like, but seemingly benign thing is going to be a big deal later. It was, it was, I mean, I got to give him credit. It was smooth enough that, yeah, I'm watching and I go, obviously she did it. But I could also absolutely see a kid watching, not paying attention that closely, not know at that moment, you know? Well, yeah, yeah it's it's that's it's 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 the the sort of man behind the curtain of procedurals is once you realize uh, an innocuous character is getting way too much screenplay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But or if you're not if you're a, not examining that, if you're not like counting lines and like, I don't know how this good of an actor is got cast to play an extra. <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know how this they... college drama professor is playing the law and order character but... they spend most of the episode investigating uh a, a possible motive for what's happened which is that the steering committee kind of pushed a different club out of the room that they're currently using uh and so like this like three-person avant-garde like art club now has like no no classroom to meet in and so maybe that's what the you know caused them to to mess with the bathrooms especially being an art 
club and it was like big tags. And so then they follow up on these leads with these three art students who are interesting, funny little side characters on their in their own right. Um, and that that's kind of a fun diversion while we while we think that maybe those could be the, the culprits. It, it culminates in kind of a big chase scene in the supply warehouse which I guess there's a huge supply warehouse at this middle school. Yeah, there are. There are. This middle school has a lot of set pieces. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited budget. I'm excited um, to see what, what other site. chase scenes we could possibly have. What other fun set pieces we're going to show up at this ridiculous well, those, middle the, school? Well, the, the paper stacks at the end was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This show does action. I think the most surprising part of this show is how well it does action. Yeah. It's subdued, but it's really deliberate and cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's easy to follow. It's clever. It's it's dynamic. You know, they, they go for, for example, what happens in this warehouse is immediately as soon as the this, uh, you know, hidden vandal, you know, is found in there, starts running. Fillmore jumps to the top of these uh, like shelves and it starts running along the top of the shelves for no reason, really, other than it looks cool. You know, it's like it's boss. It, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. And so they just have a really good eye for creating dynamic action. Yeah. Uh, and Ingrid, Ingrid is a part of it. I mean, Fillmore's the he's the main focus of most of the action. But Ingrid uh, always seems to have a really crucial moment in the chase. Scene. Yeah, because she, she's uh, she's always sort of just looking cool in the background and then right where she needs to be at the right at the perfect time. Exactly. Yeah, she's got that clutch. She's behind her time. Like, yeah. Hey, Fillmore. And then he's got exactly what he needs. And uh, it's so good. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the chase scene happens. We end up uh, essentially arresting the wrong man who who this this art kid wants to be seen as the vandal because he is afraid of like being obscure and no one knows who he is. So he's trying to get like recognition for it. But but of course, Fillmore doesn't buy it. And uh, in the midst of Vallejo giving him some thing that's like, oh, you you racked up seven hundred dollars in like collateral damage on office supplies. He's like, yeah, OK, you can follow this lead, but keep it quiet. You know, like it's yeah, this is such I a, love Vallejo. This is such a good kids show. Oh, my God. Vallejo <laughs> has this running thread that will come up later because it's a good show mm -hmm. and the writing is good. So it does come up later. But exactly. Vallejo loves fishing. He loves <laughs> fishing a lot. He, he wants this new fishing uh, fishing pole. He wants to go fishing with his dad later. And pretty much every scene he's trying to, you know, work in how much he'd sort of rather be fishing and not be <laughs> dealing with all these, you know, rogue this cops. This case or that won't end. <laughs> Which right. is, you know, kind of the is a little played out in a in an in a in an adult setting, but a kid who'd rather be fishing is already just interesting <laughs> and funny. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, he at one point he gets a package and he thinks it's the uh the fishing rod but there's been some mistake and he opens it up and it's one of those like wall mounted talking fishes and he's like god damn it uh <laughs> and so later there's a climactic chase uh fight scene and there's a mail cart that like again ingrid has at the right moment and she checks it and like Fillmore jumps into it and in the mail cart is the package with the fishing pole and he uses the fishing pole to great effect at the end of this uh chase scene which is yeah like you said like it's really smart reincorporation in a way that ties it all together. And I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I think a lot of shows we watch could learn from that. <laughs> uh, there is a scene um, when the principal, there's a scene where the principal comes in and shoes the safety patrol out after one of their mishaps. And uh, on the door, it says safety patrol headquarters and Glee club annex. 
<laughs> Which is just a fun touch for the fact that, you know, that it takes place in a school. Yeah, yeah. so good. That's, I miss that. That's great. So so they go back to they they go back to what Randall is the Vandal. Uh, Randall. They go back to Randall the Vandal a couple times through the episode um, to get more clues uh, for him to help. And he, he gives them tips on like the handwriting that the handwriting mm-hmm. was written backwards from right to left instead of left to right. And then they end up being on the trail of somebody who's left handed because it would smudge yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was written the normal way or anything. So, yeah, totally. Um, they, you know, they start looking for left handed people. And then there's a point when there's they're on a stakeout and there's just kind of a fun moment where they're where uh, Fillmore and Ingrid are just passing time and asking asking each other questions uh, on like kind of like a would you rather situation yeah. hmm. would you rather eat a two-month-old mac and cheese or a spider meringue pie <laughs> <laughs> i and love like, spider meringue pie and that's a fun what, concept what does he say what does he say about the macaroni it's like i gotta go with the like you know i have to drop the clip but yeah you know yeah. it's just it's it's funny it's good um and they they pitch a couple and then um you know they they finally find out that uh by going only by going back to Randall that uh, he has now escaped because uh, Fillmore dropped a pencil, a little tiny yeah. pencil in there. I <laughs> Again, guess another get, another reincorporation. Yeah, he didn't get uh, checked that time, though, I guess. No, I guess um, not. But he and dropped so, a pencil and then they come back. He's gone and he's left a newspaper clipping or, or something with. Yeah, uh, it's, an, it's a newspaper clipping that shows uh, what's her Robin. face. Robin uh, cutting the ribbon on the new bathrooms with her left hand. And they're like, oh, snap. And that leads us to the the final uh, big, big confrontation in and amongst a bunch of like big stacks of uh, of like uh, it's it's like parts they're, they're of the, the brush steel. They're the they're the yeah, uh, the new the, because they finally ended up having to to order the the toilet stalls that she wanted with all the brushed steel and so the all the parts are stacked there and they end up causing even more collateral damage during this, this showdown and it's a fun it's a whole fun sequence you know she wanted to she wanted it to be her like the feather in her cap you know this big project and we got wrapped up in it it's yeah funny. so she faked she faked the, yeah they wouldn't go with the thing she wanted so she faked the vandalism or she did the vandalism PC look look we should have had the should have had the yeah. steel um, <laughs> the one thing that I didn't love quite as much, and, and again, all, all credit still goes to the show for, you know, being a kid show and, and, you know, but, uh, they were kind of handed the solution to the mystery from Randall, you know, they didn't, they didn't fully crack the, crack the case themselves. Sure. No, that's true. But, and but they, with the procedural, the sh- once the audience knows, just get to the, you know, just cut to it. Once we figured right. it out, you know, you. It, it's just wasting time making the making the detectives do the dance. If, they're, if we're also, supposed to believe they're smarter than us, we have to believe they can get there. Totally. Right. But also, to some degree, uh, you know, dealing with Robin isn't the climax. The, you know, the real climax yeah. that's built up to is actually Fillmore dealing with Randall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, which is great, you know, that they realize that, like, the real, like, criminal we've been spending more time with and we have more sort of a vested interest in is... Randall, which is so, the you know again the same the same as Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not about yeah, it's it's not you know, fully about <laughs> Buffalo Bill, right? It's it's you know. It's but it isn't. Un- it is until it opens up the opportunity for Hannibal for Cannibal Lecter to get away, and now they're yeah. like, oh, we really Shit. fucked this one up. We really fucked the yeah. dog on this one. <laughs> yeah, I love this last scene though. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but Randall is Randall used to be like a star art student, and he would, you know, apparently they've still got several of his macaroni collages mounted in the library. Uh, but then he turned to vandalism for some reason. And Fillmore still doesn't <laughs> yeah, they, know why. They gave him honorable mention, uh, third place, <laughs> second place in macaroni art competitions. And that, that <laughs> and he drove him to nuts. insanity. <laughs> yeah. I think that we need to drop a clip in here, though. There's a couple really real things that Fillmore says to uh, to Randall at the end. Yeah, some knowledge. Shit. He says some like, uh, he's like, no, I don't think you will. Because then everybody will know the score. There was this real artist who gave up touching some of the people to hurt all of the people. Is that Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really cool. I love that Fillmore, like, when given a chance, is, like, dropping sacks of truth on people. You know? Yeah, Normally he's yeah. this hard-boiled detective. He hits people with truth but... bombs. That's how he kind of disarms people. Is <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't get to I carry like a gun, but he <laughs> carries a truth gun. <laughs> Well, what I love is that he's he's the smartest person in the room, but he it's all like demonstrably there. Like he shows it. It's not just yeah. everybody saying, "Hey, you're the smartest person in the school," like telling that it's smart, but it's actually mm-hmm. the writing being good enough to show that he's smart. Yeah, which I always love. So, okay, I mean, I know we're we're already going a little long on this segment, but hey, it's the first one in an arc. You know, you gotta you just fucking deal with it, listeners. Sorry, this is an hour and a half. Um, but. The so the the show is created by a guy named Scott Gimple, um, and he he worked on a bunch of different like live action TV shows. Like this is I think his only cartoon, and he, he worked, worked on, on Pepper a, Ann. He worked on Pepper Ann a little bit before this as a writer, and then uh, yeah, he worked I, on Fillmore. Yeah, and I, I guess I saw that too, but I didn't see him in I didn't see Pepper Ann in his credits somewhere, so I wasn't sure exactly what his what his role was. But I know that he was a, a showrunner for Walking Dead for five seasons, so like. Yeah, most he's bringing a lot of his like normal, like live action adult TV sensibilities to this, which I really I I think is a good is good. It made a really good cartoon. Yeah, this is basically the only kid show he did. And it's not a kid show. It's somebody who's not used to like leaning down to try and make things easily accessible. You know, he's like Mm -hmm. he made he made a challenging show. Yeah. And I like that. Hey, Rory. What's up there? Uh, can you tell us about uh, the really exciting new uh, new video game? The the pair of video games that are coming out? It's a brand new pair of video games. I'd be delighted to tell you about them. Yeah, what, there are, are two they video games coming out. Uh, so this is sort of interesting because they don't usually do like an adaptation of a TV show uh, like a good 20 years after it's been off the air. But can you tell us about uh, the new games Home Improvement, Red Version, and Blue Version? <laughs> In Home Improvement Red and Blue, you get to play as the titular Tim the Toolman Taylor. In Red, you explore uh, the many the ins and outs of his friendship with, with Dear Al. And in Blue, you explore his home life through the lens of his wife, Jill. Oh, wow. That's cool. It seems like you got to combine those to really get the full... Right. If you, want, if you want the Al story and the Jill story, you've got you've to play both. Can you, can you pick which one of them to romance? <laughs> Well, you're already married to Jill, but you certainly can romance Al. <laughs> Good. 
That's what I always wanted. This is everything I wanted from a home <laughs> interactive experience. Are they going to put out any Wilson DLC? The, well, the Wilson, Wilson character is sort of like a Mewtwo uh, implant, <laughs> uh, where you, you get you you only get to see Wilson at the very end, and you have one chance to catch him. <laughs> he comes out from behind that fence. <laughs> What's the combat like? Uh, it's a it's a turn based RPG, not unlike your not unlike your Final Fantasies. Well, this sounds this sounds like a hoot and a half. Uh, so I will have to buy both of them then. You can play a sort of like, you know, limited perspective if you're into into that kind of like fractured storytelling idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Telltale style. Elle will remember that. Oh, that's the bell. I'm going to be late to class as long as you guys give me permission to leave uh, because I still uh, want to do whatever makes you happy. Um, nah, I grab I grab well, your arm and I just force you to sit back down with us. No, you're, you're not a long leaving lunch. Oh, yeah. no. Well, can, what, wait, what better way Mr. to spend this? Mr. Go tell Mr. Slasky that he's not going to see you this period and then walk out just like a badass. I want you to do Mr. that. Slasky's I want him to know. going to be so mad at me. He's going to oh, be cheesed no. off. He's going to be real cheddared. He's going to be a real chatterhead with how well, cheesed he is. <laughs> the The worst part is, is that I even did the homework. And that homework was to watch X-Men Evolution Episode 1 of Season 1, uh, Strategy <laughs> X. Um, and my, my job in class was to watch that and then summarize, do a do a report on, on what happened in the episode. And so this is my book report uh, gonna- for the episode. As Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler, adapts to his new home at the Xavier Institute, Mystique attempts to spy on the facility with a young boy who has toad-like powers. Yeah. Yeah. This is X-Men. Anyone who doesn't know what X-Men is, you need to culture yourself. Well, you might not be familiar with Toad. um, That's true. But it is funny that none of the other characters are treated like you might not know who they are, really. Yeah. And and like, (laughs) boy, with toad-like powers. Oh, you mean Toad? I mean, the character's name is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to be fair, this show came out in 2000, uh, just around the time when that first X-Men movie was coming out. So, you know, it wasn't quite as, uh, you know, ubiquitous. Not everybody knew all the great characters. uh, Well, yes, yes and no, because the show, the main X-Men show that happened ran for like seven years. And it was and they only left three years between the end of that show and the start of this show. So, yeah. like, in, anyone who was actively watching cartoons, and you know, probably saw the other cartoon, and then this one happened, and they were like, oh, a new, hotter, new hotness with, like, really good animation. Cool. You know who's not new hotness, though, is that Toad Boy. He's a yeah, he's yucky, a yucky boy. He's boy. a yucky little lad. And he smells. Yeah, he's a stinky, rotten boy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so X-Men Evolution um, was kind of really going for a, a new tactic. Um, this was, you know, it's a new, uh, new millennium. Uh, they're trying to like refresh the palette a little bit and go for, go for a, a hot teens angle. And well, you know, look, so the, sh- the show deals heavily or the, the content deals heavily with, with teenage angst as it is. Um, you have a huge choice in front of you when dealing with, with any Marvel content. And personally, if I were to pick between, 
rehashing the uh, comic book storylines again and again and again, whether that's uh, the X-Men doing the Dark Phoenix or or the movies, these MCU movies just kind of doing comic books. I like taking something that might not be literally true and making it figuratively true. These characters are true to the characters, even if they are not canonically the story. That, you mean um, they, they don't have 50 to 60 years of, of shared history that we need yeah, to reference? The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they make it so and, much and more accessible. Now, there are some choices I don't love uh, for X-Men Evolution that we'll get into. Um, but in general, I really like – like how else are you going to make a new show? Uh, if yeah. you're not going to start off at where, you know, much later in the, in the, in the story that people are less familiar with. The only other way to do it is to completely reimagine the characters. Right. As like a, as a high school AU, like this is, you know, like a. And the man and the man, the man Bob forward took us in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> written. This episode was written by the one and only Bob forward, who we just talked about one whole episode ago. Uh, for <laughs> Two whole Raiders. episodes ago. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. If we count the special in between. That's right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but forward again. Uh, once again, writer of of the Legend of Zelda cartoon and at least one episode of Ring Raiders. <laughs> and boy, does he continue to bob us forward. Yeah, I, sure does. He he's made a, a you know he's he's Muppet babies to the X Men back into high school, and it is it it works for me. I gotta tell you, I I, I like the show. I was I was confused, and I'm still a little confused about how this high school works. And the setup, because, you know, going in to to this just with my without having seen the show, uh, my familiarity with other X-Men characters, I was thinking when we were seeing a high school and Gene and, and Cyclops are at this high school, I'm, I'm like, OK, I'm waiting for them to get discovered by uh, Professor to go, X. To go to, yeah. Right. To go to cool it's superhero The biggest school. change is they don't they, they've taken out uh, they don't go to wizard school in this, which to yeah. me is a good change. I hate wizard school <laughs> as a concept. And the best X-Men uh, comic lines really don't they they use it as a part of the backdrop. They don't lean on like how how awesome it is to get inducted. Yeah. Uh, into into the wizard yeah. school. Um, but like they're so, still in the club. Yeah. Like, so it still... doesn't make a lot of sense immediately but again it it puts the x-men you know they've got a place and a setting which is something that the xavier institute doesn't have it's wizard school takes place in in harry potter land where you don't know where anything is (laughs) you have no touchstones for what people are doing around them no so i I actually think it's a really good idea so what they end up doing is is there is this xavier institute and the kids kind of live in his like you know mansion dormitory weird scenario and they all have fun it's a smarter change than having wolverine teach them math (laughs) (laughs) i know well okay so for for we're gonna dip dip a toe into anime real fast but one that austin has seen so austin can't give me demerits so in my hero academia it also it feels that same way alarm and i'm gonna okay okay do it do it but in in my in my get him my my most recent favorite anime my hero academia they they basically go to wizard school, right? They go to superhero school, but they also have to do all the like general studies kind of classes. And they're all taught by the like pro heroes who run the school. So like they'll go straight from like, you know, combat training and stuff. And they'll walk in and like one of the cool hero teachers is like, all right, math. <laughs> and they just all <laughs> groan. And it's really fun. I, I like that they play that for comedy because clearly Wolverine teaching you math is bullshit. 
Logan, <laughs> yeah, Logan should not be telling me about about trigonometry. That's that's ridiculous. So uh, they have no, assembled a pretty neat, pretty well, a pretty neat <laughs> cast of X Men. Um, the the choice that I think that most immediately bugs me. Uh, but we can get into the the long the long and short of why is no, let's get into is it. they have they have aged up in 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 terms of the actual car, you know comic character ages they've aged up Storm they're kind of leaning on her on her mom energy uh, yeah she she is very matronly and I would have preferred to see her as a younger X Men yes. than than yeah a, but just who's a, gonna just drive grown, Professor X's car. Who's gonna, they do have a Ugh. weird sort of like the professor Miss Daisy. The first time we see, him, yeah, we see yeah. her. She's just driving it's... his limousine. <laughs> but um, it's not great. No, and but she's we such know an it's... interesting character. But most of the time, we see her portrayed so stoic and like just not that. Well, I think it would have been really cool to get teen energy in Storm. That's what I was gonna get at. Was the reason she has this sort of mom energy that's so palpable is. You know, she was um, she was kind of the only, you know, title black character in comics for a while. And I think they were overly precious with her. They were too afraid yeah. to give her. all the other X-Men really kind of are constantly, you know, dealing with their flaws and Storm's flaws that she's good at too much. Yeah. <laughs> right. They were afraid to <laughs> sure afraid to sort of give her a little more complexity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really wasn't until until the the sh- the comic line got more diverse that she was able to sort of like, get fleshed out better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. Really interesting. I think that's that's also a real a real problem. Uh, Absolutely, you know, with yeah. with like this sort of preciousness to not. But know, at the time of the at the time of X Men Evolution, they had lost some of that. I'm talking yeah. about like when she was when she was you know in the 80s and maybe in the in the in the 90s car- cartoon. You could argue, yeah. Uh, they kind of needed to be a little safer with her. Totally, yeah, right. And at some point in this show, we're going to get introduced to a character named Spike, who is uh, a black kid, a teen. Uh, and so, so they... that is the one thing I do like is if they're going to make her the show's mom, at least they've added an actual plant yeah. for her to be directly. It's not she's not just constantly patronizing people. She has right. a a child. She's the, she's the charge of. She's literally becomes the like uh you know foster parent yeah which is really like really cool and spike is very fun i like i remember liking him but we don't meet him yet in this episode so the change i don't love about this show is that uh i guess because they because they have to go to real high school they when we meet nightcrawler who for if i don't need to i don't know who i need to tell but he is a, a little blue (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, professor x gives him a hologram to make him look normal which is just mm-hmm. so antithetical to everything x-men is supposed to be and especially yep. the xavier yep. institute it's antithetical to the monologue he just gives y- yes exactly it- <laughs> they, they they address that in the show um in words and not really in actions but they you know he gets this watch and makes him look like a normal cool kid and he said, you know, like he talks about, oh, I finally look normal when Professor X is like, normal is what you truly are. Never think otherwise. This is just a disguise. You know, it seems in- kind of inspiring. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're always normal. Don't forget that. But we want you to look different. i know it's a real mixed message well Uh, and 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 it is a constant part of the x-men 
uh, mythos is the you know the ones who can pass versus the ones who live mm-hmm. as mutants. Yep. You know, which is again, you know, a real issue for a lot of people. Yep. Right. And and it's it's part of what makes X Men such a strong storytelling vehicle is because they can they can really obviously do a thin metaphor that really works for a lot of different people's situations. And I think to make and dance between them and then yeah. not be mm-hmm. so it's not heavy handed. It's not the show where the X Men are secretly you know, all one thing. They're not right. monolithic They're not that a way. one direct metaphor. Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're all just other, and they get to do those stories, and that's really cool. And I think that what they've done to Nightcrawler uh, lets them kind of be safer, and it lets them make the story easier to write because they can put Nightcrawler in school. Well, and- yeah, I guess, uh, and this is where I get I get a little too too up my own i know too much about x-men ass nightcrawler is not a goofy comedy side character and if they're gonna have him already need to need to be able to turn his power on and off they should have just stuck with bobby drake to begin with and had iceman as Mm -hmm. uh, on the show then have a silly nightcrawler yeah because you know they do it with beast boy and teen titans later right like beast boy is a you know he's always green but He's fun and he gets to w- crack wise, but he does he he is he does have trouble passing and that is a problem and they, they get to address it. Um, so I think that's it's weird that they get to dodge it in this one. Uh, I I also I know we should at some point talk about the episode. It's not really that. Uh, no, it's a setup. It's, it's a setup episode. We meet all the characters. Yeah. Um, I'm having fun talking about the concept. I yeah. Uh, it really is more of a of a high concept. Like this is how you introduce the X Men than it is a show an episode with a plot. Yeah. I, right. We find out that that they're in this new high school and Mystique has is sort of there keeping an eye on the X-Men for Magneto is the reveal at the end. But it's not a real reveal because, because, of course, it's fucking Magneto. Uh, But, yeah, she's posing as the principal. She's trying to get Toad to infiltrate the uh, infiltrate the Xavier Institute to get information on the X-Men, you know, trying to turn him against Scott Summers. Is it Scott Summer or Scott Scott Summers? Summers. Okay, And, you know, there's. There's a bit of a dynamic where we're wondering whether or not Toad's going to, you know, be a good guy or not. Uh, I think the episode ends with us not necessarily knowing for sure, but that at the moment he's in the clutches of the bad guys and is doing their their dirty work. Which is another fun update. So the Brotherhood of Evil X-Men is a silly fucking title. Uh, <laughs> but when they've made them all like teenage edgelords, it kind of works. Sure. <laughs> totally. Uh, it's, it's funny. The whole episode... It really does just kind of quickly introduce us to everybody. And I'm not saying it does a bad job. It does a pretty good job of teaching us who the, who these people are and what they're about. Uh, except for maybe where Logan is concerned. Uh, because Yeah, they just got to get him in there. <laughs> I, I was actually kind of upset that Wolverine was in this first episode. He felt really yeah. shoehorned in. But he he's but driving f- back on his motorcycle and he stops in at like a gas station. And it, I mean, like what? That's like the most cliched shot to have of Wolverine. It's like, who, all oh, right. A, <laughs> I'm anyway. with you, but also it's it's again just do we it, it the the thing that it does that I like is we don't need another Wolverine Origins. No. You know, it's it's a story we just don't need more of and I'm glad he just kind of shows up. He shows back up and that's it. It's true. That's true. So the the major plot of the episode, I guess to to kind of really quickly go over the idea is that um like the, Scott Scott causes a kerfuffle at a football game when he tries to stop some quarterbacks from picking on Toad. 
and they end up knocking his glasses off and he causes a big because explosion. Let's, let's be quick, though. Like, we got to do, you know, like Toad was stealing wallets from everybody in the stadium. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a weird, you get a, you get a lot of weird sort of like moral uh, bullhorns locking where Toad is stealing and then the, the football bullies are stopping a thief. And but they're being nasty jerks about they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And then Scott stops them from stopping them from stopping Toad from stealing, but he's doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of that was like an intentional, like we're going to be playing with with these moral themes or not, but it worked for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. And and they 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 end up getting getting to forget about everything because the in the in the aftermath of the big explosion that happens when uh, when Scott's eyeballs get to do their their fun dance is that like the quarterback has a concussion and then Professor X whammies the cops so that they don't suspect anything. Um, um, I, I'm still trying to figure this out as somebody who didn't watch this show. I'm I don't feel like this show, at least in the first episode, did a great job of informing me a clueless person mm-hmm. um, on on really the the Professor X Academy versus the the high school and. No, really, really like I, yeah i think is it's it like close it's like by? A, it, it's like where they live and go to like hero night school okay so they, they, they do normal there. life during the day okay that so that they go to school and not... then they go home and then they have other schools so that sucks <laughs> yeah so the, you go to school twice because you have superpowers which is yeah the, that's the dream i guess <laughs> Uh, we we really I think then the meat of this episode too is kind of the battle for Toad's soul. Um, yeah, well, and because Kurtz. T- and well, yeah, and Kurtz too. That's true. Um, because Kurtz Toad, new in town. Kurtz new in town, but Toad is also then new to the Professor X to the X mansion. Yeah, Mystique doesn't try and recruits Kurt this episode, so it, no. it doesn't seem as if he is uh, conflicted at all about being at the institute. Especially after he gets his rad watch. He kind of, he's bought and paid for right away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Toad comes in and he gets tested a little bit by Storm. Um, she she sort of auditions him a little bit by mm-hmm. throwing lightning at him um, and yeah. scaring him. And he runs into, into the mansion where then he starts squaring off with Nightcrawler. And they have a fight. And then um, Nightcrawler accidentally teleports both of them into the danger room which has automated mm-hmm. defenses and so the danger room starts attacking and then it takes all the x-men to come in and stop the danger room when they teleport into the danger room this is this is my main confusion with toad toad toad's voice actor and his writing are very weird uh he is kind of doing like a new york mobster accent while at the same <laughs> mm-hmm. time trying to use some like shall we say urban patois because he comes in they get and his first line is something like where are we you asking me foo you brought us here he says foo he says foo they also play some like weird funky funky backbeat music during their fight yeah it's like it's like toad is the hip-hop kid but he's a gross little white boy (laughs) that talks like a mobster like where yeah. are we yet? Oh uh, yeah, you t- you're asking me, fool? <laughs> like I do not understand. I don't understand what they're doing. But I I don't I don't not like him. It's just a weird a weird thing. They kind of yeah. they kind of they're trying to like youngify them, and they're not necessarily nailing it in this first episode. No. They don't nail it with Scott either. Uh, Scott, <laughs> what is it he says? Scott has a fun thing when they like 
when when Professor X is kind of dressing him down about the big explosion that happened, he says like, "Come on, Professor, I'm packing a bazooka behind each eyeball." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like, it's 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 a very it's a very odd characterization. They it throw is. in indiscriminate youthfulness without really. <laughs> you know, without intention behind it or, or knowing mm-hmm. like who the character is supposed to be, but they're just kind of like, you know, we'll throw in some young people stuff for our target demo. Well, like for Kurt, they throw in just German stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Have him say things like so gut and was ist das? And it's, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't Stinky really work. Lederhosen. <laughs> you smell like Lederhosen. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that was the sick burn of the week. If there is any. Um, kind of something very true to, uh, to Scott's character that they do well was when he confronts the bullies, he doesn't eye blast them. He, uh, he just goes toe to toe with them with the knuckles. And that's, that's always fun. His, his whole, if there's one thing he harps on nonstop is like, you're always a mutant, even when you're not like blasting people with eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. When you're not using your port, your portals to the eyeball, you're not, you're not shooting your bazookas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, and it's there's so, an interesting thing that happens as well where where Scott like Gene's kind of flirty with the quarterback a little bit, uh-huh. who's a little flirty back. And I'm not sure what the status is of Scott and Gene's relationship at the beginning here. It seemed like they were going to go out for a night on the town at some point. So I don't know if they're dating, but Gene and that quarterback are a little familiar. And Scott's watching from a, like 30 feet away uh, and she, doing she, a, another Scott she Summers tickles thing his where he's just at some like, point. Argh. I think they're I think they're an item, but they seem uh, like they're an item. Scott's but, jealous and I, though, and she, but she's she's cool for she's cool she's not too cool for school, but she's just cool enough. <laughs> the way she plays with him and plays with uh, plays with that footballer. I mean, he's a quarterback. Come on, yeah, come on. You gotta keep your options open a little bit. He's a quarterback named Duncan, and everyone calls him Dunk. He's a dunk. quarterback that can dunk. <laughs> what are you doing? That quarterback dunks. Yeah, he should be playing basketball. That was um, the joke I was making. So yes, yeah. thank you, thank you. Um, I, 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 the, the thing I got to say about this episode that I think I appreciate both sort of appreciated and disliked the most was that you sort of take Toad's side in this, (laughs) um, because Toad, from his perspective, he's gone into the X mansion and he's gotten hit with lightning. He's gotten attacked by a blue demon. Um, he's gotten (laughs) almost killed by killer robot sentries. And then, you know, gets, you know, frightened by Wolverine and he runs off into the bushes. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, these so are, this is a hostile place. Yeah. So let me let me uh, let me push my X my X-Men spec even further up the bridge of my nose. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. We're, well, no, this is actually an interesting point uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, one thing that the constant like X-Men revisionists, not revisionists, not the people, but like the fact that it keeps getting rehashed and recycled is we don't really get very far into the Professor X story. And he's kind of constantly this sort of saint and savior of the X-Men. Yeah. yeah. And right. in this episode of Evolution, right away, he bones it. And yeah. it doesn't save Toad and doesn't get him into joining the Academy. And that's a that's a good piece of like character richness. Same, you know, that that we see that he is going to be that there's going to be a group of mutants that he does not reach yeah and he does have some favoritism like you know yeah. y- you can see his thought process where it's like he's kind of a stinky boy who i don't like i don't <laughs> think he's gonna be a part of my club <laughs> i i was also taken aback by when 
they talk to Nightcrawler at the end of the episode and they frame it to Kurt as if he screwed up <laughs> and that he, you know, teleported into the danger room and it's like his fault. Like, hey, you know what? You screwed up. That's maybe okay. don't have a danger like, room. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't have a danger room for children. Like, that's going to auto attack anything that shows up. Like, it's that, called you the fucked danger up, room. You fucked up. Turn your machines off. Yeah, Professor X isn't listening to you. He's too busy monitoring every human on the planet and knowing exactly where they are at all times. Yeah, and yet he's got... Right, yeah, and yes, he has a killer death room that that a child can wander into and suddenly, look, you shouldn't have wandered into the killer death room, you idiot. Yeah, so we're we're uh, we're cutting third period to to talk about <laughs> cartoons to go back to my place where my my parents don't care if I if I come home during the middle of the day and we watch cartoons. That's what we're doing. And I've got a big old bag of Cheetos that my mom buys once a week. That's for me to it's for me to feed myself out <laughs> of your like your a, older sister's hot. And I'm trying trough. to get with her. No, and I will, and I and I and I can't handle the sexuality <laughs> of my family and I. <laughs> And I, and, I, and, I punch you and I punch you in the arm every time you, every time you <laughs> lewd, you lech. Every time, every time. Um, yeah, so, so I, so I guess at the moment I kind of have the, the most experience with these two shows. Um, yeah, that's true. I didn't love what I saw of the second film or episode, but this first one was great. And I'm hoping we get more of this and less of the one I saw that wasn't awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I was wondering if there's a difference between seasons, like if they, if yeah. they tried to take a different turn. Well, it felt or like it, no, it, it felt like they got they kind of just slowly kept flanderizing. Like it was un, uh, kind of unapproachable with how how hard they leaned on the jargon and the and the noir references. Mm. It was just nonstop, and so hopefully it's just a crappy episode. That's my hope. yeah, maybe. Um, uh, I feel like we're going to bounce around in that show a little bit. Like we're not going to watch episodes in order of film. Right. We're going f- to do our normal steez and go find set synopses that <laughs> sound fun. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think we should do with X-Men? Because, I mean, it is a story based thing. Uh, they, you know, each each season has an a, a kind of an ongoing story that they're telling them, especially in these first few episodes, we get introduced to the bad, you know, quote unquote, bad X-Men. I think one I think episode. we can we can at least abridge it. But I guess I'll, I'll put it in your hands. Uh, I would think it would be a safe bet to kind of do the there's a lot of introducing new X-Men. It's kind of like they thought they were going to get 10 seasons of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is kind of fun, but it's also kind of like they 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 might have been better served sticking with just uh, just one team. Uh, but it's fun to see who sh- how people arrive, especially characters you know and like. It's fun seeing Shadowcat arrive. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It, um, the, the other thing there though, are other is good that I've like heard that. I've heard it really gets good around season two. They called season two like a transition season. The new mutants that, drop in. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious to see see how the show evolves. <laughs> I see what you did there. I I think that this ended up being kind of a I, I we weren't sure what this was going to be like to watch these two uh, shows together, and I th- I think they I think they're a cool pair. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have a lot in, in overlap, but they are two very well, different. Well, that can be meals. good for other for people listening. We don't have to yeah. kind of just harp on the same beats again, totally. and, again and again. Yeah, so I think it works. It's it I th- well, it's very different from Sky related school. They both go to X X school. We did yeah. find that. Did find yeah, that out. X middle school in in Fillmore. It's so weird. 
Is that um, Malcolm X? Do you think it's supposed to be Malcolm X Metal School? I wasn't sure how to take it. They really don't play the race card in, in Fillmore. No. But it is really weird to have a middle school named X without any other kind of... Um, yeah, without any other touchstone to put it to, I also kind of went to Malcolm X with, uh, mm-hmm. with it. Or it could just be like it's meant to be a, a generic title that's like, this could be yeah, your middle school. I, I don't hate that. It could be any you know, middle school. It's like yeah. Mega Man is in 20XX. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, anytime, any place middle school. Sure. Or they forgot to replace the gap. All right, everybody, we have cut enough classes that we are now uh, sitting in the principal's office. We've gotten in the biggest trouble. Um, I'm pretty upset about it, but uh, I am gaining confidence from their confidence uh, Mm -hmm. being so cool. So uh, this was our first episode of our unstill entitled school arc. (laughs) And uh, thanks for listening to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be okay, Austin, because we've both been on, like, you know, any number of double secret probations for our whole lives. So you'll you'll learn to be okay with it. And while you're in detention is a perfect time for you to browse on your phone and go find some websites where Saturday Morning Tuesdays has a bunch of information, like the Saturday Morning Tuesdays website at sadamtuesdays.com or like our Facebook page or our Instagram or our Twitter we tweet out some stuff every week about what episodes we're watching. Uh, they're all great places to go and follow us. And then uh, if you like what we're doing, you can go to iTunes and leave a review because we like those. And then give us those give us those five stars. You know what you're doing. You know what to do. You know how to do it and you know where to do it. And there's no more excuses out of you is what I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, at this point, you're complicit. <laughs> um, but like I said, we're, we're going to be jumping around a little bit with both of these shows. So stay tuned as we drop... Uh, we'll be sure to drop on those Saturday mornings with enough time for you to watch them if you'd like to watch them with us. Um, but we probably won't know much before then uh, what you'll be watching with us. So you're going to have to tune in. Maybe that's just one more reason to check out our Twitter page and give the old give the old jingle bell on that one. Yeah. Jingle our bells. I gotta just jingle my bells, you guys. <laughs> I got three words for you. <laughs> See you later. See- Ah, okay, okay.